episode 53 of the afternoon snack podcast it's january 31st sorry it's december 31st wow (laughs) it's been that kind of week huh yeah actually it hasn't been but apparently if you don't use your brain it turns into moosh Mm -hmm. something like that gobbledygook it's jan it's december it's almost january 1st it is the last day of 2021 we're like in in the middle of jan january and december so i just kind of morphed them together i don't think we're in the middle anymore i think we're at the end of december we're in the middle between december and january we're in a transition period and not only a monthly transition period but a transition period to a new year which is always a little bit symbolic even if i find the whole new year's resolution thing to be a little hokey what do you think i i have nothing against new year's resolutions i guess i don't i just wish people would be more reasonable with their new year's exactly exactly i think any time of year is a great time to make a positive change i think if people feel like refreshed refreshed and rejuvenated to make a change on a specific day then so be it but I think you're right. Like going from one extreme to another extreme isn't really good because I guess the dark side of New Year's resolutions is that they don't last. Yeah. Sometimes by design. Yeah. So I have nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions as long as they're reasonable enough to be like a, actually like a long term change. So I guess we were kind of we were trying to decide how best to wrap up 2021 for tactic and for us. We're going back and forth. Could it be a whole episode? It could be a whole episode. Does it need to be? Like, I feel like people f- have been following along. They kind of know, you know, some of the changes that we've been through, what we've done, what you and I have done. So we decided the best way to summarize 2021 for Tactic was in song. <coughs> Clear your throat. <clears throat> yeah okay so without further ado here's our 2021 Ooh. tactic so i was warming up oh <laughs> just giving them also. just giving them like a little bit of a taste of what's coming yeah let me I, mean, I haven't done vocal exercises in a while <laughs> that was actually the first one i've ever done so get excited <laughs> all right i'm ready are you ready mm-hmm. let's do it First we were afraid, we were petrified Kept thinking how we couldn't find someone to join our side But then we spent so many nights thinking how we couldn't prolong And now we're strong Seven that all get along And we've got Meg and Kat and Jill Then Kendra joined the team because she's got a lot of useful skills So we knew we needed one more, but we only had one hope So we hired Kendra's boyfriend Tom to be our fitness coach And now we podcast once a week Just turn it up now, cause it's the only show you see Weren't you the one who told us you thought keto was so fly You knew we'd grumble and refuse to justify Oh no, not us We love science As long as we know how to read studies You know we'll be compliant We've got all our smarts to give We've got all our hearts to give And we'll be here We 
honestly, I I feel like this should be a paid episode for that. Agreed. Or I kind of also feel like apologizing. I don't know. Conflicted. Okay. Well, we sounded exactly like Gloria when we first started. We but did. We had to practice the lyrics, and so by the times. end, by the end, we got a little raspy. My voice was tuckered out at the end of that. <sighs> well, you just like couldn't, you couldn't stay on. You were like your rhythm, like you're good with lyrics, but like I was like, how are you this off? I know. Number one, not I even just I got excited and I was just racing through them. Yeah, not taking pauses, not like no semblance of like, do you hear the music? Do you not hear the music? Is like, is are you intentionally in the wrong register? Okay, <laughs> w- number one, I don't know what a register <laughs> is. I also, you were trying to tell me about like thinking about a metronome at some one point. Yeah, I was like, put this. That didn't help at all. All I did was bring back horrific memories of piano practice, which was torture for somebody like me. Who's I, vi- I have a beautiful voice, but I am not musical at all. Oh, so piano it didn't didn't jive with me. I love piano. I played piano for many years. Yeah, that's why I'm good at math. There's a correlation between people who play piano and are also good at math. When we um, when Meredith came to visit me in Calgary, we went on a date. And we went to the National Music Center, the Bell the Bell Music Center. Yeah, but I think it's the National okay, Music Center yeah. here in Calgary, and it's pretty cool. You can like go around and play a bunch of instruments, and I'm just not like I mentioned, a musical person. And so I struggled. And Meredith, for some reason, can play like every instrument. So she's just like jamming away. Shazam. And then we went into like the voice box or whatever you call it. Yeah, like the vocal. And you were so embarrassed to sing. And well, I'm like, I don't even, I was trying to get you to sing so badly, but you're so embarrassed. I was like, like a you didn't want to like do anything that you weren't good at in front of me. No, I didn't. I had a problem with that. <laughs> like This is not something that I'm particularly good at. I mean, like, you wouldn't know that from, um, I mean, I'm sure you can pick out my voice from yours very easily in that rendition of I Will Survive. <coughs> Beautiful. Perfect pitch. There's only your pitch seemed a little high. It was a little squeaky in the ear hole. I <laughs> That's how <laughs> I would describe it. I think the longer we went on and the more fatigued my vocal cords became, as I was trying to project... My, yeah, my key went up. But better to be a little sharp than flat because at least you know you can get there. You know what I mean? Yes. <coughs> no, you don't. Um, <coughs> all right. So before we get into the topic today, it is. Oh, oh. Uh, we should give credit. Ivy was actually on the piano. Oh, yeah. She she produced. She produced that. She produced <coughs> and she was on the piano. She's really talented, that cat. Um, you know, like the aristocrats, I'm sure you know that movie. Do you know that movie? No. Oh my God. Are you serious? You've never seen the aristocrats. <coughs> the Disney movie about the cats. No, I wasn't really like a Disney movie person. I kind of faded out after Lion King. Well, I know what we're watching for New Never. Year's. <laughs> <coughs> You'd like it. All right. Um, I am actually having voice trouble. If you can't We probably practice that for an hour <coughs> so it started with like how are we going to intro the podcast and an hour later <laughs> that's what we came up with <coughs> all right um 
it's really effing cold here for december i think i also haven't lived here long enough to really know what's normal but this feels abnormal well you're usually gone <clears throat> for the really like cold streaks because mm-hmm. in the past we've traveled to maui not last year not this year but pre prior years 2019 and and then Wadapalooza mm-hmm. had kind of always been a thing so you, you're basically traveling from like mid-december to like <coughs> i don't know the end of january there was one year that i don't think you experienced calgary winter at all no we were, we were gone the whole time well there was that first year i think from maui when <coughs> it was a 100 degree over 100 degree Fahrenheit difference in temperature. Yeah. From leave, like taking off in Maui and then landing in Calgary, it was like um, 85 degrees Fahrenheit in Maui and then, you know, minus 20 or whatever Fahrenheit. We got back here. It's one of those, it's that temperature where you, you breathe, but you can't actually breathe because you're like, your throat just starts spasming because of cold air. <coughs> Is that what happens? Yeah. Oh. There's a name for it. It's like Bronco something. Mm. I know the this old because, Bronco something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate when Bronco something <laughs> hits me. Now I have to look it up. Um, you're so annoying like that. I was just gonna like skim over, <sighs> but I now I have to know. Bronco. Oh, of course. Oh my God. I can't believe that I didn't just. This didn't come to me intuitively. It's called bronchospasm. Oh. <laughs> I literally very said close to Bronco said something those, said those two words separately. Huh. But yeah, like a lot of people think can't they? They like ask can they say oh cold air freezes my lungs? You know, we lungs. There's actually no there's no place on Earth. There's no temperature that we can experience on Earth that will freeze your lungs. You know, um, <coughs> you know when you get like a cold headache, you like a brain, f- a brain freeze, brain mm-hmm. freeze. So you whenever you get it, you have to be like oh. Wha- so brain freeze <laughs> yeah what's odd is i've never i've lived in canada my entire life i actually lived in alaska for four years yeah and never once have i heard someone go oh, oh bronchospasm <laughs> okay well i think partially you but can't i think really, i'm gonna make that a thing you can't really talk like i mean i don't know if you've had it happen but i have where you like walk out and you like take a deep breath and you just start coughing yeah it's kind of like the first time you smoke pot yeah, I mean, I feel like that still happens. It it's does. not like a first time thing. It's like an every time thing. Well, same with same with being in the cold. Yeah, um, but anyways, you can't actually freeze your lungs. That happens. The longer you're you're in cold air, the more frequently you're exposed. I guess you kind of become conditioned to that. Yeah. Um, <coughs> just it becomes a bronco tickle. <laughs> a bronco what? Um, yeah, and then. So I guess you're, when you breathe in air, your body warms the air up to whatever, body temperature. And it requires a lot of moisture to do that. And so the real problem in cold air is not that the air is cold, but that the air is very dry because cold air is dry air. So you're not getting any moisture in the air that you're breathing. So you're having to like draw on body water to create humidity in your throat to warm up the air. <coughs> and then I guess when it's too like when it's so cold like when it reaches a certain temperature it probably depends on the person a little bit if you're expelling <coughs> like le- like over 10 percent or uh, what is it if you're expelling 10 percent less or like greater air love the air that you breathe in then that's considered 
like exercise induced asthma. So even people who are not asthmatic and don't normally have exercise induced asthma can experience exercise induced asthma in the cold. Hmm. Not to mention your risk of dehydration goes way up. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, that's a surprise to a lot of people. That's something I learned from you this winter because I'm notoriously bad <coughs> for drinking water, but especially notoriously bad for drinking water in the winter because mm-hmm. I'm just not thirsty. Yet. I'm like, and then I think, well, I'm not sweating and yeah. I'm a sweater, especially when it's warm. So I'm downstairs in the basement. Or I'm running outside. I, you know, you see the sweat, you feel the electrolytes, yeah. taste the electrolytes leaving your body. Yeah. I don't experience that when I'm running in the cold. I can come back from 25 kilometers and not have a sip of water until dinner time. <laughs> and then you realize <laughs> it's been three days and you haven't peed. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you just, you don't feel thirsty. Yeah. It's the same. Like when people are like when it's like rainy or like mm-hmm. whatever, and people are just less inclined to drink water. I guess the, the, the danger in cold again goes to that dry air. Cause even with like <coughs> walking around outside or even existing in a house when it's really cold and really dry out, you just sort of naturally use more, you require more water to condition the air that goes into your lungs. So yeah, hydration becomes a much bigger deal. One thing that's really helped me drink more water is um, sipping from my tactic water bottle. Oh, is that, are we doing? Oh, I just, you, you said that you wanted this to be like a sponsored oh. podcast. So I thought. Our first sponsor is. I would throw an ad in. Our company? Yeah. Why not? Water bottles? But no, it has helped. Yeah, I feel like that felt really organic too. I don't think anyone will will notice that that was sort of yeah dropped in. What did we pay for that ad? What did what am I? What do we? Pay? I just took a sip from it. That's yeah. You can hear. Anywho, um, yeah. So it's been cold. I for one am not from a cold climate. I'm from a very subtropical, typically quite pleasant climate. And so I think it's taken me some years to get to used to what living in this weather is like even like the first year i don't know if you remember you probably do i couldn't walk in yeah. snow and ice <laughs> yeah you were like bambi on ice slipping yeah. and sliding everywhere every time i took a step out of the car it was she like, didn't keep her weight on top of her feet no she just walked like it was dry out yeah which you can't do <laughs> you have to walk you have to shift everything kind of a little more forward and take smaller steps so that was one last year was probably the funniest example it was around this temperature so it's been like negative minus what 30 35 yeah celsius which is around minus 10 fahrenheit i think minus 15 i don't know it's really cold and i remember last year i the the car was really dirty with like road salt and snow and we have a black car and it just looked really nasty blood on it (laughs) from <laughs> what alex <laughs> i i uh pricked my finger okay and so when i touched the doorknob it nasty there was a little blood spot it's freaking people out um so i really wanted to wash this that's such a bad joke i really wanted to wash it wasn't a murder was not a murder definitely not <clears throat> so i really wanted to wash the car but like all of the car washes i went to were they had signs. They were like closed. I was like, what the hell? There's one in our neighborhood. Very convenient. Closed. I was like, huh, well, maybe it's Meredith in the car. The search continues. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I didn't know why. Challenge accepted. I thought maybe they, they had, you know, like pipes freezing. I was like, that's probably it. They just, they can't run the car wash for whatever reason. And I was driving back from downtown and I stopped at a gas station and their car wash was open. And I was like, oh. She snuck in right before they put the like clothes sign up. So I go and it's touchless or whatever. It's just like she swerves around the cones to enter a normal car wash. So I go in there, washes. I wash the car. Um, We were I was on the way to I think your parents for dinner and you were there. You had ridden with your mom or something. So wash the car. It's all shiny and clean. Drive to dinner, eat dinner. I always have like a glass or two of wine once a week. And so I don't drive home. And so I remember we're driving home. Alex is driving the nice, new, freshly cleaned, washed Audi. And we kind of, we make that left-hand turn, like kind of a, the main, like this huge in- intersection. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. We're turning left. Um, so just imagine that, what the centrifugal forces of that experience are. Just a left-hand turn. And all of a sudden, my door comes open. Like and Meredith just- tumbles out of the car and goes rolling down, <laughs> literally tumbling down the road. It's a good thing I was drunk, because like if I had if I had stiffened it up like at all, ragged all the middle of the road, like just flying. Jerry of the day type situation. Her boots came off. It was just complete. Lost my hat. I think I lost complete my complete yard phone. yard sale. If it had been daylight, that would sh- like for sure have been on the internet. So I scooped her. She jumped in. I kept the car going. Yeah, and like conveniently, the she, door was still open. She jumped in, so like nothing ever happened. And we just replaced the boots and the phone. Yeah, that actually didn't happen. Um, <laughs> the the <laughs> you're just like out of control today. The door did like come open, and apparently that's because well, and Meredith wasn't wearing her seatbelt, but wasn't? I reached over and grabbed her scarf. Alex, <laughs> you have to let me get through and this. like she was dangling out of the <laughs> car, <laughs> and I yanked her scarf, half strangulating her. I'm gonna. I'm about to mute. I'm about to mute your mic, <laughs> and dragged her back in, and then had to resuscitate her, which was hard because of the bronchospasms. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> You're like crying. <laughs> You are so please, tickled with Please yourself. continue with your story that's apparently better than the ones that I'm creating. <laughs> There's nothing on podcasts that say you have to tell the truth, <laughs> Meredith. I mean, that's that's apparent. Joe Rogan has a podcast. Anyways. Fair. Uh, bring cha. Got him. The reason why car washes are closed when it's minus 30 is exactly what happened, which is like, all of these things in your doors and other areas that that are not meant to freeze get frozen. So, like, literal latches don't work. So and yeah. the door can fr- freeze shut. Yeah. Well, obviously. Because of the water that gets into the cr- cracks. Yeah. So then... It's like a glue. I had to... We had to... <laughs> I had to hold the door closed for the rest of the ride home. And that's the lesson that I learned last year. And then the worst part is when the doors open, the light in the car is on. So now the driver can't and see. And it sucks because, like, it was super embarrassing because the light is shining in our car. We're driving in the dark, and Meredith and I are both fully nude. 
<laughs> okay, we weren't. I had pants on. <laughs> and I had a top on. Are you done? <laughs> oh man. Our listeners have either are either laughing with us or they're long gone. They're like, did these two get into some edibles before? No, we didn't. This is 100% sober, as was the singing. <clears throat> um, so that's, yeah, that was my cold weather lesson last year. I don't know. I guess the, this year I'm this starting year, to... This year, it's like, you don't even... You haven't had enough prior experience in the cold, cold weather. You You still can't imagine what minus 25 or even minus 20 and colder feels like without going outside so it was really annoying when we were we like we go skiing and like meredith doesn't really have like a cutoff temperature yet because she's super gung-ho about skiing and so even if it's like minus 25 she's like we'll see and i'm like oh <laughs> you don't know. i don't want to ski in minus 25 but I also feel like Debbie Downer being like, nope, too cold. You are Debbie Downer. I know. Suck it up, butter. But I also know better. Mm. So there was that one recent time we drove all the way to Sunshine, which is an hour and a half drive. We went all the way up the gondola and did three runs. Okay. That was also your idea. I only did it to prove you wrong. Oh. Well, I feel like I had my boots been fitting better that day and it wasn't flat light and snowing. And windy. One thing that I would recommend for our skiers out there, we recently bought for our trip to Kicking Horse for Christmas. I'm, I knew it was going to be fairly cold, but I love Kicking Horse and we're there for Christmas. So I knew I wanted to ski. I have really bad circulation in my feet. And then I also wear really tight boots because I used to ski race and I'm just used to it and it performance is better. And so we both bought a set of boot heaters. Insole, heated insoles. Well, it's really just like a, a very thin disc like heater that you install into the liner into the insole right underneath your toe it's about like two inches by two inches like a circle and and then a battery gets attached to the your boot and there's a wire that comes out and that was a good purchase yeah it really extended the days yeah like your feet still get cold but it, it definitely, like, it allows you to be out there for, like, two hours instead of, like, 30 minutes. Without taking a break. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. 10 out of 10, worth it. Yeah, for sure. This podcast is not sponsored by Hottronics, but if Hottronics is listening and wants to sponsor this podcast, let us know. <laughs> um, all right. I don't, I've, I'm so distracted, Alex. You've distracted me. What are we talking about today? Well, I thought we were going to do... Um, a little bit of debunking. Oh, yeah. Given that the new year is starting tomorrow. Right and people might be, and I've already heard of a couple people doing this. Not my clients, but my clients tell me about their friends who are doing it. I love, 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 love hearing friends of clients' stories. Yeah. I like, love that. And so it's just, and all my clients are, they just <laughs> roll their eyes and they're like, well, I know I'm doing the right thing with you guys, which is great. They have trust in us. Mm-hmm. But we just thought that if there's anybody out there who, you know, it's maybe their first podcast with us or something. Which if this is your first <laughs> podcast with us, well done. Um, it might be worth debunking some of the more ridiculous 
if I'm going to put it in one, in one word. Um, fatty. Fad diets. Trendy. Yeah. I feel like m- in the diet world, trendy and ridiculous usually go hand yeah. in hand. So, you know, my preparation for this episode, I went ahead and pulled up the six worst diets. The six fattiest of fad diets. The six trendiest of trendy and most ridiculous of ridiculous diets. What do you think is number one? Carnivore. Yep. Yep. The carnivore diet, which if you're not familiar with the carnivore diet, I feel like it's, it's it of all of the fad diets sort of describes itself in the title. It does sound somewhat badass. Which, which is you eat only, like, mostly meat? It's like, it, it just, they, you imagine a guy, like, some big, big, and no pun intended, beefy guy eating just, like, this giant turkey leg. That's what I imagine. And that's probably a pretty true depiction of somebody on the carnivore diet in today's day and age. Yeah, someone, like, juiced out of their gourd <laughs> on, like, turkey legs. Black, and, like... <laughs> And other things. <laughs> Blacklist PEDs. Just like gorging themselves on ribeyes. No, that's the liver diet. There's, well, yeah, which is just kind of a more extreme version mm-hmm. of the carnivore diet. There's a, a version of the carnivore diet that involves eating only beef. Which, like, I feel... That would be a lot of chewing. Number one, like, a lot of chewing. Number two, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're buying <coughs> not... USDA Prime, whatever the one is below, I don't know. That's like red, like beef's expensive. When I first heard about carnivore diet, the first thing I thought is, and I've I've heard of guys, and I say men because from before I knew, it seemed to be mostly men who don't really like they don't eat vegetables. Like there was a lot of I remember there was a couple like UFC fighters who were super into eating a lot of red meat. And Conor potatoes. McGregor was like that. And so I, the first thing I thought of was like, He's Irish. do they go poo? How? Like, <laughs> there's nothing, you know? But then I heard that somebody, somebody who tried it said it was like the complete opposite of what I think. And basically, you just get the runs. Well, it kind of makes sense. also kind of like, make, yeah. Because fiber does two things. Yeah. <laughs> it exists in a balance. Yeah. Yeah. And my, like, when you think about like a, a diet that's all beef. It's like they, they can't possibly poop. They like launch a cannonball <laughs> once a week and that's probably pooping for them. It's a projectile sort of demonstration. But apparently it's just projectile all the time. Yeah. It's more like a Tommy gun than a cannonball. Just <laughs> around the clock. There was some something that got posted on like a carnivore Facebook group and it was this guy like showing his gums which were bleeding. Oh. And it's like, that is a side effect of scurvy, sir. Yeah. You have scurvy. You're not getting (laughs) any of the vitamins and minerals that you need. Yeah. I mean, you're getting some, but Mm. only the ones that come from red meat. Yeah. Not, not the ones that you need to prevent. Not full spectrum. Not to mention too, like you're, I mean, this, just the saturated versus unsaturated fat ratio would be way off, which is interesting because. Saturated fat is the only food that can sort of push you towards prediabetes, even when your calories are maintained. 
So it increases your chance for non-alcoholic fatty liver, which changes your, the way that your liver metabolizes glucose. So you kind of say, like you see people start, you see people's liver numbers start to get jacked up and then their glucose numbers start to get jacked up and they're like, well, I'm eating keto and carnivore. Like, how is it possible that I have this? And it's like, well, is that pretty common to get or is it just what they kind of say could be a possibility if you continue to do these diets for a long period of time? Yeah. It's like, I think it's pretty common. Like, is there data that supports this happening a lot? Do you know? Um, I know like to be honest I don't look into these fad diets very (laughs) very often so I'm not I'm not super caught up on like and they're a lot of them are kind of new-ish well Carno were super new um yeah I mean there's been a few where they look at so they control I'm trying to think how to explain this um they have people eat like overconsume saturated fat (coughs) and also overconsume polyunsaturated fat like plant fats and then they compare the impact on liver tissue so with fat intake and calorie intake controlled when you're eating more saturated fat you see um you see more fat deposits start to appear in the liver with saturated fat only yeah with polyunsaturated fat you don't see that happen so unsaturated fats would be like plant fats predominantly. Yeah, that <coughs> makes sense. Which is interesting. So, um, yeah, I think that it's it's reversible. So generally, I mean, you just stop doing that and eat in a calorie deficit and it resolves, but it is something that happens and it is a risk factor when you're talking about like, you know, the effect of insulin dysregulation on the body saturated fat man it does it so what's the next one? Oh, um okay let's see here the next one no surprise and my favorite one to talk about the whole 30 mm. so whole 30 i think is like the most popular new year's diet of new year's diets partially because it is kind of everywhere so i remember when the whole 30 got big it was back in around like 2015 I think that was when I first heard of it and then around 2018 they sold the like the trademark to a few different companies the biggest one is Whole Foods and so that's kind of where you see a lot of these products that are labeled like Whole30 friendly stuff like that um there's nothing like inherently wrong with the Whole30 it's a like Whole Foods sort of base eating approach it's like paleo but more restrictive um the rules are and this is the kicker like it has rules right you can eat um uh, let me find the list here obviously meat fruits vegetables seeds nuts you cannot eat added sugar alcohol legumes dairies dairy and grains um it's kind of, it's very similar to like what you might see with an elimination diet. Yeah. And it's the one thing I will say about a whole 30 diet. It's as it is similar to eliminate. It can be a good intervention for people who have certain um, issues like yeah. inflammatory autoimmune um, diseases and things like that. Yeah. For the average person looking to lose weight, 
it's not sustainable. Well, I guess it's, and it wasn't designed to be sustainable. So when you like think about it in the context of the well, it's 30 days. Yeah. And it's, it's meant to, you know, do whatever, kind of be a jump start, I guess. But the, you know, a lot of people don't really follow the protocol as they should. And the reintroduction phase doesn't necessarily happen. Um, and then even if it does, like, let's say even if, you know, you're, it's something that you commit to for 30 days, like there's a, a, an underlying psychology there. Like for 30 days, you're essentially labeling foods as good and bad. And so within the rules against the, the rules. rules. Yeah. And so any, I think the real risk is that when you start eating those foods that were once off limits, there's just kind of this psychology that you're eating bad food, which you're not really eating bad food because really there is no bad food. There's just the issue is always moderation. Um, and then obviously like the rebound. So it's so restrictive. And if people don't manage the way that they kind of talk and think about it, like what do you do when something is off limits? What do you like? The only thing that you can think about when something is off limits is the thing that is off limits. Do you remember a couple years ago when J-Lo and Aaron Rodriguez did the 10-day carb, no carb, no sugar detox thing? Mm -hmm. And then on day 11, and like the reason why I had such an issue with this is that it was all over the Today Show. And then like the narrative on the Today Show and in mainstream media was like, well, what is your day 11, you know, cheat meal going to be? And of course, it was like pizza, ice cream like all of this <laughs> junk food and it's like what are you doing and that's really common when you do these like uber restrictive time restricted diets is that you get to day 11 or in this case day 31 like what do you think is going to happen you go you're like gonna go crazy face down in a yeah. tub of ben and jerry's is what's gonna happen um you had a really good metaphor for the whole 30. The, okay, so I guess the, the thing with the whole 30 and it's like this with any of these super restrictive challenge diets is that they are really hard and people are drawn to doing really hard things. And I think it's because you think really hard things are definitely going to work. But the reality is doing the whole 30 or a really hard diet like that is a bit like saying I have to run a marathon or do an Ironman to get in shape. Like, I don't think that many people believe that. <coughs> and if that was what people believed and it's what they did and the small subset of people who do do that are at a much greater risk of injury and failure than people who, you know, instead of going couch to Ironman, be like couch to 5k you can get in pretty good shape training for a 5k and then you do a 10k yeah then you do a half marathon if your baseline is nothing like do a 5k yeah do something easier going from couch to marathon you if you for some reason finish the marathon and just so people are following along the marathon in this case is the whole 30 or a two-week juice cleanse or a serious fast or something like that you get to the end of the marathon and like chances are you're never going to want to run again. Yeah. And you're just like, Hey, I'm never doing that again. 
it's not a lifestyle change. It's like you've done this challenge and now you never want to do it again because it was horrible. Yeah. Which is how I felt when I did the elimination diet and that was for health reasons. And that, like I said, very close to the whole 30. Yeah. Super hard. And like, like going back to regular, it would be like be finishing a marathon and you're not any further ahead. You're actually behind because now you're likely injured hurting and now you have to actually sit on the couch all day Mm -hmm. just like after the whole 30 when you go face down and up yeah and you have to like mentally and all these things recover from that which is Mm -hmm. really challenging so or you've lost 10 pounds in 30 days and you're you now need to recover from this deficit you're starving yeah so you're at you're just you're in a worse place than you were before you did it yeah i mean that's not 100% 100% likely to happen but it's fairly likely yeah I think unless you're I mean I had someone message so I wrote this article for morning chalk up this week on this topic and someone <coughs> messaged me because I had put a quote in my story about how she had a positive experience with Whole30 and still does it because sometimes it's a good way to like check the pulse on her habits mm-hmm. which is fine that is that's 100% fine but it takes a, a very astute and self-aware person to do the whole 30 and remain detached from it. Yeah. I think it is it in its defense. It can teach people like how to include vegetables in their diet, how to prepare meals that come from whole foods, things like that. Yeah. If you don't learn how to do that, you will literally not. However, there are other ways that you can learn how to do that without restricting yourself. Yeah, to the extent that Whole30 mm-hmm. does. All right, let's move on to the next one, shall we? Number three is our, I guess, probably our perennial favorite to talk about, the ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. The ketogenic diet was originally designed by medical researchers to help control epilepsy <sighs> in kids. But, of course, it's been kind of popularized <coughs> in uh, the mainstream it's just a like a really really low carb diet so low in fact that um well i guess i should back up it is not only a low carb diet but it is a high fat moderate protein diet and the intent is to shift the body into ketosis where instead of um using traditional modes of atp production like glycolysis glycolysis <coughs> it uses um ketone bodies to produce energy fine so basically it's using fat as fuel yeah yeah and there there's a reason why we do that as humans why we have the ability to do that because it's a it's a survival mechanism when we can't um eat or access carbs it's a really good thing that we can you know, produce energy, lasting energy from, from fat, both stored and from the diet. (coughs) Um, and of course it's been like, it, it kind of has taken off as, you know, a preventative for cancer, Alzheimer's disease, um, things like that. Like people just think that it's kind of this miracle diet. There really is not a ton of data on what the long-term effects actually are and adults um 
the the reality i guess with keto is that a lot of people think that they're eating a ketogenic diet but actually they're eating way too much protein to be eating a ketogenic diet so i think in like on a a true ketogenic diet i want to say like 70 percent or 75 percent of your energy intake is meant to come from fat um and then the rest from protein and like a very small amount of carbs um when you don't eat that much fat when you eat say 50 percent from fat which is still a lot of fat that's a that's a ton of fat so 50 percent from fat and then a larger amount of protein because people who exercise are going to naturally want to consume more protein that protein consumption is actually going to take you out of (coughs) ketogenesis and then you just kind of feel crappy because your body's using like it's trying to convert fat and protein into carbohydrate to use for energy and that's a really slow process and it's it doesn't feel good so a lot of people they have this term called keto flu and they think that it's something that you experience temporarily while your body learns how to get into ketosis and that is true um but it's also true that if you never actually get into ketosis for energy production you kind of just exist constantly in this keto flu type state to give somebody an idea of what 70 percent fat looks like or like in as a macro in grams if you eat 2,000 calories, that's 160 grams of fat. 160 grams of fat. And But like not only that, because I know plenty of people who can put down 160 grams of fat, but also like the, the envelope, the delivery of that mm-hmm. fat matters. You can't get it from animals because then you're going to be eating too much protein again. And you can't get it from fat and carb <laughs> type meals because like a lot of people get eat a lot of fat but it's because they're eating things like well like you mentioned steak but they're also or bacon but they're also eating like croissants yeah. and cookies which have a ton of carbs which yeah. don't align with the keto diet so you know the keto diet for athletes i think is kind of a myth because like the protein has to be so low that you just wouldn't be even even if you could do it you wouldn't be optimally repairing and building muscle tissue because you literally can't eat enough protein to do that mm-hmm. on ketogenic. Again, just so dang restrictive. Yeah. Um, <coughs> the the next one is Adkins, which again is it's kind of a keto-ish, like low, it's carb. low carb. Um, not quite as restrictive as keto, but again, it's just restricting food groups. Yeah, exactly. It's cutting out the things that you like eating. Yeah, to make your life truly miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one is funny because some of the, like Atkins was really popular for a long time. Like I remember Atkins from the 90s and early 2000s. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I guess the car, sort of the carb phobia is sort of the concern there. And as people, like the one good thing about our generation, I won't say that we're devoid of nutrition bullshit because we are not but i do think that people are starting to understand the place of like it of healthy carbohydrates in the diet um especially when you're looking at like fiber intake vitamins minerals that kind of thing you really can't it's much harder to get those things in if you're eating a low carb diet because the foods that are required to to eat to get them are excluded from 
really heavily restricted in the diet. So, all right, number five, and this one made me laugh. <laughs> As actually, I know what's coming, and I'm imagining what foods can this person eat. Um, it's the paleo vegan diet, also called pegan. So you're allowed to eat sweet potatoes and almond butter, which feels like a joke. It says it's a diet that focuses on eating loads of fruits and vegetables, along with nuts, seeds, and oils, eliminating gluten and dairy, eliminating beans and grains. Um, no animal products of any kind. Um, yeah, I mean, it says it's likely to reduce blood sugar and triglycerides, but that's probably because you're going to starve to death. So again, it's like sort it's of the so restrictive. other side of keto, like your carbs are going to be up on this for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there are people so out there who do eat like that. Like I'm imagining this like older woman climbing up a mountain with like a bag of homemade granola mm -hmm. or trail mix. And like, she doesn't like eating animals cause she loves them. That's her reason. She just eats really healthy and she grows a lot of her own food. You mean, you're but going from somebody like somebody who eats McDonald's or who even like enjoys dinner out with friends to go from that to this is, is just, it, it can be very extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you just described my life goal. <laughs> I want to be one of those like old mountain ladies yeah. who just like hikes all the time and eats granola, rides her bike. Says the woman who needed to buy an Audi as her car. I didn't need to. He wanted to. I did. She needed a German car. <sighs> I like German cars. Um, I am on a lentil kick. So I'm like, I feel like you're, that's. You're stepping towards that. I am going plant-based. I'm a lunch. city girl, so I'm not sure if that's going to work out. But. Well. We'll just, we have, we'll have our mountain house. So what's our, uh, our last one? Number six. Number six is cleanse diets, which I'm glad is on this list because I wanted to talk about them anyways. Again, like this is, um, I, you see juice cleanses and detoxes all the time, basically around the clock, but even more so around new years. Cause I think people feel sort of maybe a little bit guilty for the way that they have eaten in the holidays and they think that you know, doing something extreme is a good way to, like, reconcile that. Well, my client said her friend was using it as a kickstart. That's a terrible kickstart. And I said, well, then what happens after she kickstarts her diet? Yeah. And she was like, I don't know. Well, like. I'm like, that's exactly it. There's so many of these companies that, like, it's a juice cleanse, but you have to spend, like, $400 on these specifically formulated juices to detox the body and it's like what do you what is there even a detox the, like the body is naturally detoxing it's why that's you have what liver and kidneys <laughs> much better than juice can um i guess it people use it as a way to lose weight again in the yeah. short term but the weight is likely going to come back very quickly because it's such an extreme calorie deficit you can only have so many calories from juice. Yeah. And they don't even sound like good. Like, I don't know. Have you ever looked these juices up? Okay. Um, when I had to get my um, gastro the oh. thing where they put the tube down your throat to like check oh, your, your scope. Yeah. Yeah. A soft gastroesophageal something. I thought it was like a laryngoscopy or something. 
Later in. Keep going. I'll Anyways, I had to get like a tube going down my throat to check things that might be abnormal in my esophagus because I have um, some like reflux and like just stuff. Anyways, I um, I wasn't allowed to eat from 10, 10 p.m. the previous night or 8 p.m. until my procedure, which happened at like 2.30. Which is an endoscopy. Endoscopy. Yeah. I was terrified because I've ne- I never go that long without food mm-hmm. and so I was like okay I can't work out because I'm going to be basically comatose because I need food <laughs> and I eat very frequently and, sp- and I eat a ton in the morning so but you were allowed to have two things you could have like broth and you could have clear like any clear liquid so you could have like lemonade and apple juice which I did and I bought just that like the minute made apple juice and lemonade and ate and I probably drank like three or 400 calories worth mm-hmm. of it. And it gave me the runs. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. I was like, I, I'll get my calories from juice. So I have some sustenance. Yeah. And it went straight through me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably. So like now I'm like, how, I guess people are making their own juice. So maybe it's not as like sugary. I don't know if that, that's what did it. But anyways, I imagine that's what would happen with a juice cleanse as well. Let me read you one of these recipes it's it's filtered water cayenne lemon almonds dates sea salt and vanilla bean how do you juice dates i don't know and like well i guess dates aren't usually dried yeah so i guess you just use almonds? a juicer oh well, you can make almond milk this, okay another that one sounds like a lot apple cucumber celery romaine lettuce lemon oh, spinach yum. kale and oh parsley my it's like wait are you being serious <laughs> No, um, I think this is all to say, so like, why do these diets work? Why do people continue to do them? Well, I think because they, of what they promise. I mean, I think they do work. Well, they do something. They work in a short, a very short term way because they reduce calorie intake. Yeah. All of these diets reduce calorie intake to some degree because they, they prevent you from eating the foods that you eat or overeat or eat in excessive amounts and create a calorie deficit, which leads to weight loss. Yeah. And especially things like the juice cleanse or like the carnivore diet or even keto, like you're reducing your intake by a ton. Yeah. Which is going to lead to very fast weight loss, which in most cases is unsustainable, which means as soon as you stop doing those diets, what's going to happen? If, if your habits haven't changed from before the diets and you're just going to rebound back to where you were before and possibly in worse condition. Because it can create some guilt that's just well, mentally and physically it, it has a oh, sure, an impact. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think people like the idea of doing something hard for a short amount of time more than they like the idea of doing something less hard for longer. But in reality, it's the, the changes that last it's the changes that you can do every day for a year and not just four to eight weeks that are going to get the best results for people yeah so we came up with our six tips hot tips from tactic to what jumpstart for the new year to make sustainable changes to do just to do and they don't even need to be this year 
It can you can start them today in 2021. Yeah. There's still a few hours. The final day. Well, maybe not because it's going to be January 1st tomorrow by this time. I mean, you could do one maybe. But anyways, know. number one, make it easy and manageable. Make it easy. This is my favorite one. It's got to be easy. Not like, I mean, easy is doing nothing. Easy is making no changes at all. Can't be that easy. But if the diet that you're looking at doing, i.e. keto, whole 30, 75 hard, if it is a massive deviation from what you do on a normal basis, probably not the right way to go about it. Pick something that you can see yourself doing for the next four months. If you're not sure. Or what five that, or six or a year. Yeah. And if you're not sure what that something is, um, there are a number of resources out there that can help. We can help. I mean, if, even if you just like go on our Instagram and read, that's free information. That's all you need to know. Pick something easy. Stick with it. See what happens. Make it something you enjoy. I think this one is more relevant to exercise. I think too, like you need to have a diet that you look forward to. Yeah, I a mean, diet food, that in includes food that is you enjoy. emotional. It's social. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. And yeah, the the biggest I think as predictor of dietary success is that it includes foods that you enjoy eating in the right amounts, at the right frequencies, in the right situations. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you need to go out for dinner every single day or four or five times a week. But you can go out for dinner once a week and still make great progress. You can drink alcohol once a week, still make good progress. It's about finding where that balance is. It's got to be enjoyable, though. And then exercise, same thing. If you hate running, don't run. Why would you run? If you really like spin class or Peloton or Zumba or whatever, Barry's Boot Camp, which, like, secretly I wanted to do, <laughs> do that. Do the exercise that makes – there is no right exercise. Like do what's going to get your, what's going to get you coming back multiple times in a week. And then if like after six to eight months of that, if you're like, Hey, I feel like I have a good baseline of behavior and habits. I want to see what can happen. If I get more specific with my training, fine, but start broad. Yeah. Um, make it a habit. This is a good one too. I think when people, they kind of start off doing a little too much all at once and it becomes hard to get any one thing to stick because you're kind of jumping around can feel a bit overwhelming so to make something a habit you kind of have to drill down to you know one or two core behaviors and things that you want to do and then be disciplined about doing them every single day like put in a system that reminds you to do them every single day See if you can get a friend or a family member to commit to doing the same things every single day. If you did our holiday onion challenge, then you know you have a really good idea of what building a habit looks like. You do it every every single day. You make a commitment to yourself and others. Um, you post, you print out a calendar where you're, you have some sort of extrinsic, extrinsic motivation where you're like checking things off, which can be very motivating. Just like anything that might help you stay on on it every single day yeah yeah it's tedious it's only it's tedious at the beginning and then mm -hmm. it just becomes automatic yep. as habits tend to um everybody has habits you have good habits and bad habits sometimes it's helpful to identify what your habits are what are the things that you do every single day and then figure out where you can put the things 
that you want to add in? Usually the mornings are really good. Um, make your friends and family do it. This one's kind of a joke. It's kind of not. It's, it kind of goes to what we've talked about, about like surrounding yourself with people who have similar values. Yeah. It makes it easier for you. It does. Otherwise, you're kind of working against the grain. Swimming against the current. Swimming, Swimming upstream. upstream. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like, where is she going with this one? Are you um, going, yeah, you climbing up the cr- coffee grinder? Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess a lot of people struggle with sometimes their significant others and their family members. Um, maybe their lack of support. And sometimes it's just because you haven't asked for their support. Other times, you know, we've talked about this. People who are not supportive often will feel self-conscious by any attempt that someone close to them makes to better themselves. It's a bit like holding a mirror up to that person and saying, you know, look at all these things that you're doing wrong. When really, like, that's not what you're doing. That's their perception of what you're doing. Um, So having honest conversations with people in your life about what you're doing, why it's important, and you know, what support would look like from them is a really good way to start. And then long-term, maybe they do hop on board and start doing what you're doing. But in order to make progress, a lot of the times you have to make what might seem like the selfish decision sometimes, which is your significant other might say like, Oh, like, why don't we go out for dinner? Like, why don't we like, you know, and you say, well, I have, you know, I have dinner planned. I have, we bought stuff. Well, I really just want to like go out for a pizza or a burger. Like, why can't we just do that? Don't you want to do that? Like it's been months since we've done that. Let's just go treat yourself. It's really hard in those situations because number one, it's your significant other or someone who's close to you. Friend could be a friend. They're putting pressure on you and they know it. Um, so sticking to your guns and what you've committed to doing yourself in those moments can feel like a selfish decision, but really it's the other person who's being selfish and there's sort of a lack of communication and compromise. Um, so, you know, I always kind of encourage my clients and people to, when they set these goals and they set commitments, um, that they want to make to themselves, you know, I, I kind of say what. Like, can you spend some time visualizing scenarios where this is going to be difficult for you? Like, visualize what someone can say or do that's going to make this hard for you. Can you think of a specific situation? And then they'll say, like, of course, yeah. You know, it's my partner. Whatever. It's my dad. I don't know. It's my kids. And then it's like, okay. Like, I want you to, to feel what you feel in those situations and then go through in your head what you will do and say to yourself, to your partner, to whoever to keep the commitment to yourself in that moment. What are you going to do? And so in that way, it's kind of like it's sort of front loading that decision in those situations. Cause I think a lot of people have no problem committing to things and um, deciding on goals and everything's all sunshine and rainbows and they think it's going to be easy and perfect because they've made the decision to do it and they forget that real life's difficult that real life is swimming upstream sometimes 
yeah and so it's it's a useful activity to run through those scenarios when you make the decision you're swimming along in a river all to yourself it's nice and warm <laughs> it is warm. everything is pretty it's yep. a great day out dopamine and levels then, are high and then in this it's actual scenario you're swimming upstream you're like batting salmon <laughs> in the way. There's like a bear chomping and trying to like There's, get you. You're coming up on a waterfall. It's raining. Wait, Alex, you're swimming upstream towards a waterfall? Yeah. Good swimmer. <laughs> Good swimmer. I'm not saying you're swimming up the waterfall. Why even swimming towards a waterfall is hard. Anyways. Yeah, it's tumultuous. It's it's violent. It is. It's rough waters. But yeah, it's if you can prepare though mentally, it makes a world of difference. That is a, a, a technique that's used in sports psychology all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to go out there and win the game. They know exactly what plays they're going to make. They know exactly how to play the game. They visualize the race course. Well, what are you going to do when you're skiing down a mountain and like you lose your outside ski? What do you do in that moment? What do you do when you're way down and you have to get back? What late. do you do when late? That's when you, it's called when you get late. I'm trying. I like that. Yeah. Good effort. Thanks. Yeah. Like what do you do when the other team is up four to one? How do you manage those emotions? Yeah. I think what I ask my clients when they, when they, um, they set a goal for an event, I always like to say, well, how, how confident are you that you can achieve that goal hmm. out of 10, 10 being, like 100% no problem and one being absolutely not. Most of the time it's like eight, seven. I've gotten a three before. <laughs> it's like <laughs> back to the drawing board. Um, <laughs> but then you say, well, what, why not a nine? Why not a 10? And that can come, you can say, well, because my friends are going to be trying to get me to drink and it's tar- it's hard to, yeah, to kind of shut that down. And then you go from there. So yeah, I think visualizing and like figuring out what the roadblocks are going to be can be extremely helpful. Yeah. In um, increasing your chances of success. Yeah. The the next one, number five, is focus on effort over outcome. Our. And with that, focusing on the process. Mm -hmm. Kind of our company mantra a bit. And that's just it. Like it's focusing on daily actions and on the process gives you a way to experience success every day. It also gives you a way to fail and then make a quick comeback the next day versus focusing on only the outcome. It's likely you're not going to experience that outcome for a long time. Yeah. And if that's the only thing you're looking for, you're going to feel failure every single day. You don't have it. And I've said this before, but it's like setting a goal to lose 30 pounds. You don't step on the scale every single day expecting, you know, to miraculously be at your goal weight. You focus on the behaviors that will eventually lead to losing that weight. Yeah. Exactly. The effort, not the outcome. Yeah. Last but not least, embrace slow, sustainable progress. Patience. I love the, the key to success, especially <laughs> with, well, really any goals. Yeah. Any big, big goals, anything worth doing. I love that the term slow progress even exists because <laughs> the reality of, is that slow progress is normal progress. It's ideal. That's the way that. That's the speed at which progress should occur. Fast progress is what's unusual. Mm -hmm. That's what's weird. Um, So slow progress has this like, 
oh, well, I guess I have to be patient. It's like, no, you just have to be normal. You can, if you find a diet or an exercise program or a lifestyle change that, again, is manageable, easy, that you enjoy, you can live your life separate and apart from these other things. Time will pass by anyways. Just keep doing the easy things. Build on that. They will become habits. They will become like you're not, you haven't even changed anything. And all of a sudden, six months later, you'll be at your goal. Yeah. But a year later. if you pick something too hard and then you're expected to do something slow and like only expected to see slow and sustainable progress, there's a discrepancy there. Yeah. It's like your understanding of progress is calibrated inappropriately. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for exercise. Like with weightlifting, if you're, if your lifts go up by, I don't know, 10% a year, that's phenomenal. That's really good. Even 5% a year is really good. Um, kind of same thing with weight loss. Like at the end of the day, if you lose, um, you know, half a pound a week, two pounds a month, that's 24 pounds a year in a year. Like that's most people's like quote unquote body transformation. That's it. Yep. And throughout that time, you've enjoyed dinners out with friends, vacations, drinking to some degree, like in moderation ice cream with your kids yeah like you've not been miserable for a period of time and likely if you do it correctly and you've developed habits over time that weight loss is going to be there to stay yeah you have a new maintenance you're comfortable yeah your metabolism's functioning at a normal level and not in the toilet because you've crash dieted for 30 days or whatever so to sum things up yeah i guess um we always like to talk about these kind of crazy diets because it it when you actually talk about them they sound crazy when they are on covers of books in bookstores they sound really good but really they're crazy and um you know doing the basics it's not sexy to eat the same breakfast every single day. It's not sexy to meal prep most of the time. It's not sexy to be that person who, you know, plans meals and has an idea of what they want to eat. Um, but that stuff works and it feels good. Like at the end of the day, it will, it will benefit your like energy levels, your performance in the gym, your mood, your sleep, like everything is benefited by that. And it's that kind of progress that can be really encouraging and rewarding in the long term. Like honestly, the the biggest struggle is getting people to commit to doing something really simple for long enough to see those types of results. Because once you see those types of results, you kind of realize like, I never want to do anything different. This is what I want to do. And it, it can be part of your life. Like you don't have to revolve your life around this diet that you've chosen to do. Like the diet that you've chosen to do should be woven into what's important to you in your life. Yep. I think another, another good point to kind of close things out is, and it's kind of the effort over outcome, but it's also like, it also ties into goal setting and, um, it's like, I guess like a a mindset shift for a lot of people. But if you can, if you can, um, kind of get away from and I think this is a lot of people like who want to lose weight it's like being smaller or like getting to a specific number on the scale or losing a certain number of pounds like switching that to like 
feeling good in your body, establishing better and healthier habits, being a healthier person, performing in the gym, doing things in the gym that you can't do right now can be a little bit more motivating than just like trying to be a smaller human being or trying to eat less or, you know, something that maybe a lot of people can have struggled with in the past. It's like switching your mindset, switching your goals, switching your, what you're striving for Yeah, on a daily basis and yeah. focusing on like, yeah, sleeping, eating healthy, choosing whole foods, feeding yourself, treating your body well, working out like the, like again, the effort. Yeah. Yeah. And non weight related measures of progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well that's it, I guess. This was a great episode. Thank you for listening, especially to our rambling and shenanigans at the beginning. I was thinking we could do this year for a change to our podcast. Whenever we shut things down and take our headphones off, Meredith and I always do like a full recap. Like we take our headphones off. I was like, what do you think of that? Maybe we should include that in the podcast. Oh, a little. Re- yeah. I mean, I feel like people have been here for a long time. It would be unfair to include that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But we'll consider it for shorter episodes, maybe critical review take at the that, end take that as a no that's a, gonna be a no <laughs> um thank you for listening um uh, not just to this episode but to all of our episodes um it's been a great year of podcasting and we're looking forward to continuing in 2021 so thanks for all of the support both here and on our instagram um and personally we really appreciate it and uh we hope that you have a happy and safe new year and we'll see you on the other side <laughs> okay okay